Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique Okunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, yeah. how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Well, that was a lot of fun. That being the Fighting Irish's victory over Navy on Saturday, 42 to 3. Wow. Yeah, we can talk about, oh, it was Navy, but that was a dominating performance. My name is Darren Pritchett. We welcome you to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Eight minutes after five o'clock on this Monday, August the 28th of 2023. Our program is coming to you from 960 a.m. at WSBTradio.com. Our free WSBT radio app, a video feed coming in via the Twitch app. Hope you had a terrific weekend. Thanks for joining me on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. The show is a full two hours tonight from 5 until 7 Eastern time. Inside look at the South Bend Cubs with Cubby Corner comes your way at 7 o'clock tonight. We are recapping all things Notre Dame Navy here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. We will start the program by taking a look at the Fighting Irish offense, then we'll move to the defense and special teams. We have our Twitter question of the day. Marcus Freeman, some of his comments today post-Navy. There wasn't much to talk about with Saturday's opponent, Tennessee State, usually Monday's all about the next opponent, but, I mean, we don't want to beat around the bush. They're playing an FCS school that was 4-7 and seven last year, 
And there's just from a media standpoint, I think we speak for you, the fans, just there's not a lot to learn about Tennessee State. Take care of business. Move on to North Carolina State. So we will bring you some of Coach Freeman's comments from earlier today, which may be heard live on WSBT Radio at noon. We have the My Five today. The five Notre Dame players that earned a game ball from the victory over Navy. We'll bring you some game highlights. And we have our sports wagering segment. We hit all four of our Notre Dame wagers on Friday's program. So what a week. We nailed our last 14 suggestions of the week. And last week we ended up going 16-2, and two, which moves us up to 31-15 and 15 for the month of August and for the year, 252, 190, and 4. We're doing pretty doggone good. We've got some baseball picks for you coming up tonight at the end of the program here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 42-3, to Notre Dame over Navy. The Irish are 1-0. As I mentioned, up next, Tennessee State kickoff Saturday at 2.30. Here are the game on WSBT Radio. Pre-game coverage starts at 9 a.m. Game Day Sports Beat presented by Bud Light with Eric Hansen, Tyler Horka, and I will come your way from Notre Dame Stadium from 11 a.m. until 1.30. Let's get rolling. Let's talk about this Notre Dame Navy victory, and we will start on the offensive side of the football. All eyes on number 10 going into this ballgame. The Fighting Irish's new quarterback, Sam Hartman. As soon as Sam Hartman became a member of the Fighting Irish, I started delivering that message that this is going to be the best quarterback the Irish have had since Brady Quinn. We'll still wait to see if that statement is factual. But after week one, I think it gives us a pretty good indication that this offense has a great opportunity to go to a different level in 2023. And dare I say this, it's okay to say this now in college football with NIL money, but Sam Hartman was worth every penny Notre Dame paid for him. What a terrific performance. Understanding the offense, getting his offensive teammates into the right play with checks at the line of scrimmage, and then once the ball was snapped, making precise, quick decisions. The result, Sam Hartman in his Notre Dame debut, 19 of 23 for 251 passing yards. He delivered four touchdowns. He was not intercepted, and he was not sacked in the ballgame. It was a picture-perfect start to Sam Hartman's game career at the University of Notre Dame. I mean, you probably had an expectation going into the first game. Didn't he live up to those? I don't know if we could have asked for anything more. That was a really solid performance by Sam. Back to the air on first and 10. Lofts one inside the 10. The ball caught. Touchdown! Jaden Greathouse. The freshman wide receiver from Austin, Texas, on his first touch at Notre Dame, goes for a 35-yard score. Hartman's in the shotgun, standing on his own 20, looking, throwing into the end zone. Touchdown, Jaden Thomas. Seven yards deep in the end zone on the deep in route. The ball was put right 
on him. A pair of pass catchers to the left of Hartman. Looks that way. In trouble. Sidesteps the pressure. Runs across the 20. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown, Jaden Greathouse. Just inside the left pylon on the far side of the field as Sam Hartman rolled to his left. Greathouse has two catches as a Notre Dame wide receiver. He has two touchdown catches. That one from 20 yards out. Blitz coming. Hartman, wide receiver screen to the right, 25-20. Running to the 15-10. And into the end zone goes Deion Colsey. Broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage. And then sprinted across the stripe from 25 yards out. And Notre Dame now leads Navy 41 to nothing. That was the voice of Paul Burmeister on the Notre Dame Radio Network heard right here on WSBT Radio Saturday afternoon. Those were the four touchdown passes by Sam Hartman. In total control of the offense. You look at the way he distributed the football to all the targets, and that is a discussion that I had with you during the offseason when we talked about who might be the leading pass catcher, there may not be a pass catcher with 60 catches because Sam is not just going to lock in on one player. Drew Pine would lock in on Michael Mayer. There's a reason for that. But also when Michael is double covered, you have to look elsewhere. You don't have to worry about that with Sam Hartman. If you're open, he has shown throughout his career at Wake Forest and in that game against Navy, he will find you. Ten different players were targeted by Sam Hartman in this ballgame. Steve Angeli also had one completion and one attempt, but Hartman 19 of 23. Ten different Notre Dame players were targeted. The most targets, only four. Jaden Thomas and Chris Tyree. Thomas converted all four of his targets into catches for 63 yards and a score. Tyree, his first game as a full-time wide receiver, three catches in those four targets for 36 yards, had a long of 20 in the ball game. But outside of those two guys with four, Jaden Greathouse, Deion Colsey, Jabron Payne had three targets. Audric Estime and Tobias Merriweather with two targets each. And then with one, Matt Salerno, Devin Ford, and Rico Flores Jr. Tobias Merriweather could not bring the football in on the two times he was targeted. Otherwise, nine different players caught a pass in this football game. Flores caught his pass from Steve Angeli late in the fourth quarter. It was a fun afternoon. And I think this validates the conversation we had during the offseason. If you have a deficiency on your football team or maybe a couple of deficiencies, when you have an elite quarterback, he can cover those up. And I'm sure not saying there were that many deficiencies in this game, but that type of performance shows you what he's capable of doing. Now, maybe the pessimist in you might say, Darren, that's all good, but this was Navy. I get that. Had Notre Dame gotten off to a slow start? Had they sputtered? Remember the 12 yards they had of total offense in the second half last year? If any of that happens, it's not a good sign. But the fact that those things 
did not happen in this ball game. They got off to a fast start. They dominated early. When Navy gets down three touchdowns in the first half playing that style offense, they are in a lot of trouble. Last year, they almost stunned the Irish. Wasn't happening this time. The game plan was right on. And we'll get to the defense as we move along, but after maybe the first series, the defense did a fantastic job. But the point is, the offense... Were they playing one of the best defenses in the country? Of course not. But when you play a defense like that, and remember they were great against the run last year with a lot of the same personnel back, they did not have the same success this year, and a lot of that had to do with the quarterback that could beat them. Great start by the offense, spearheaded by A guy that made a lot of headlines in week one, and who knows, down the line, maybe he'll be up for some big awards. If he does, that means Notre Dame is winning a lot of football games. But Sam Hartman, game number one, boy, he did not disappoint. Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman, after the game over in Ireland, had this to say about Sam's performance. Yeah, I think it's a reflection of... He told me today this was, the, I think, the 48th or 47th game he's played. Right? Then he started 42 games. This moment is too big, and it's about him going out there and just execute. And what I really, really thought he did a great job was putting our offense in a really good position to execute the play. There was a couple things, a couple calls that we had that was depending on what the defense was showing. We were going to check to a run, a pass, or a certain protection, and just to hear the communication of our coaches. And making sure that Sam was putting our offense in a great, um, just really a great situation to succeed was um, really good. I thought just the, the overall operation of our offense, um, the ability to run the ball, um, helped Sam a lot too. Right? The, the, we talked about yesterday in our team meeting, the, the greatest friend for a quarterback is the ability to run the ball. And, and that was something that our, our offensive line um, and our running game did a great job doing today. Running game helped the passing attack. The passing game put the running game in a great position to succeed. Great job by Hartman when he was forced out of the pocket on the second touchdown pass to Jaden Greathouse, who was standing right by the left pylon right near the end zone line. Hartman got out of the pocket, rolled to his left. It looked like he was going to run, but pulls up and throws a strike into the end zone to Greathouse who was wide open. So there's a good sign. Even when he was scrambling, looked like he was going to run, head up, looking to make a play with his right arm, found great house, touchdown, Notre Dame. Beautifully done. Absolutely beautiful. So, Sam Hartman, why was your day so good in your debut with the Fighting Irish? Uh, I mean, it's up front, starts there. You know, I I think it's easy when you have two of the best tackles in the country. Um, you know, two guards are, you know, starting their first real big games and, and played unbelievably and obviously Zeke at center. And then out wide, I mean, those guys just made plays in space. I don't know how many deep completions I had with a lot of just getting the ball in space, which we wanted to do. I mean, our defense really helped us. I mean, we were in a, very, a lot of very favorable positions. And, I mean, to see, you know, Marist out there bouncing around, it's, you feed off that energy as well, and then they really helped us as much as about anything else. Sam was extremely humble 
in his post-game comments. Did not take any of the credit, distributed the credit to his teammates, to his coaching staff, to his university, to people that were involved in putting the trip together. No matter who you were on the Notre Dame football staff, you probably got a thank you from Sam Hartman in that post-game conversation. Nice job by Sam in game number one. And since he highlighted the offensive line, why don't we go there next? Chemistry with the two new offensive guards. Where would the Irish be during their first time to get out on the field in a game situation? In this venture against Navy, things went pretty well. I'm sure you talked to Joe Rudolph, Jared Parker, Marcus Freeman. There are things to clean up. There are still things that this group still has to get better at. But all in all, this was a very, very solid first effort. I mean, you got Joe Alton, Blake Fisher at the tackles, as Sam just talked about. What a wonderful place to start. Pat Coogan did some great things in this ballgame. You got Zeke Carell at center, Rocco Spindler at right guard. They helped this offense go for 191 rushing yards and 253 passing yards. And, oh, by the way, most importantly, the team put up 42 points. Marcus Freeman on that new-look interior offensive line with Coogan and Spindler getting their first start at the guard spots. I guess we found out those two guards to play, right? We knew three of those guys at the end of the series, so um, those both, Pat and uh, Rocker, both stepped up and did a really good job. Which, again, Navy's defense is almost as exotic as their offense. You don't see some of the things they they do. So for them to execute and run the ball and to play physical, man, it, credit to uh, obviously Coach Rudolph and uh, just – Really, credit to those guys, man, um, for what they were able to do in the first game. And that offensive line opened up holes for that five-headed monster from the running back room with Audric Estime, Jabron Payne, Jadarian Price, Devin Ford, and Jeremiah Love. Those five running backs carried the football 31 times in the ball game for 193 yards. The other carry for minus two yards. Went to an old running back, Chris Tyree, but the running backs went for 193 in the ball game. RB1, no question, was Audric Estime, and he showed in the ball game what he can do: 5.9 yards per carry, 16 rushes in the ball game for 95 yards, and he put the first points on the board with a touchdown run in the first quarter from one yard out. But also in the ball game. Audric Estime put the football on the turf. Fortunately, Notre Dame maintained possession of the football. But there is a standard in that running back room. They're very proud that football does not touch the ground when they're carrying it. But Estime lost it and then was out of the ball game for a little while. You got a lot of other good choices with Love and Payne and Price and Ford. So Estime watched a little bit. Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman on estimate and the success of the running backs in game number one. Yeah, um, we have plenty to get out all the running backs in the game. And, and I don't know if coach pulled out just because of the fumble. Um, it was a pretty long run or something that he had, but we wanted to rotate all those guys. And you got to be unselfish, man. Right? Uh, there's one ball 
and there's a lot of talented individuals. And this is just week zero. And that's what you have to be able to do is have a team um, that, that are full of unselfishness. And it's hard. It's really hard. Um, but I think Coach uh, McCullough has done a great job with that room in terms of making sure they understand before the game. I mean, that's the, the worst thing to me you can do to a kid is tell them, hey, you're going to play and you don't play. Right? And, and, and the ability to say, hey, all five of you don't play, they all play, it's, it's really a great job by Coach McCullough. Marcus Freeman on his running backs. He did clarify today that Estime was benched for fumbling the football, but got back in the ball game and did some good things while the rest of the running backs definitely picked up the slack. So a very successful first day. Remember the Irish average 1.9 yards per carry against the midshipmen last year. This time around six yards per carry. And the running backs and Tyree combined for 191 yards on 32 carries and a couple of touchdowns. How is this running back rotation going to work? I think we got a little indication on Saturday that Coach McCullough, Coach Parker, they are finding what each of these guys do well, and they are putting those players in the best position to succeed using those traits. So they're not going to ask a running back to do something they're not good at or not comfortable at, or they have not had enough reps in that particular situation. But they're going to use the strong traits of each of those guys, put it into the game plan, and try to make this offense even better. Price just electric on that touchdown run. Great start to his career. Four carries for 25 yards. Yeah, Jabron Payne. Maybe the upset winner of the number two job at running back. Six carries for 31 yards. And, boy, Jeremiah Love looked like John Elway spinning in Super Bowl 32 doing the helicopter spin on his first carry. He showed his wheels in the ballgame. Four carries for 40 yards along of 21. Great job by the Irish running game against a Navy team that shut him down last year. But, again, when you got a quarterback that can burn you, Makes a big, big difference. And let me end with the wide receiving core. We documented the day for Sam Hartman, 19 of 23 for 251 and four touchdowns. Merriweather got off to a slow start, but otherwise, names that you're becoming very familiar with had great starts to their season. Jaden Thomas the guy I would expect to lead the team in catches this year, led the Irish at least in game one, four catches, 63 yards. He had 30 of his 63 yards after the catch, and he also brought in one of four Sam Hartman touchdown strikes. Then there's Jaden Greathouse, the star of the blue goal game with 11 catches. Well, in this ball game, Jaden Greathouse was on the field for eight snaps. In those eight snaps, three targets, Three catches, 68 yards, and two touchdowns. His first catch as a collegiate football player, a 35-yard touchdown pass from Sam Hartman. Then the scrambling Hartman found Greathouse in the end zone for that second TD. He looks very, very comfortable on the field. Deion Colsey, three catches for 45 and a score. Good job by Colsey. Not many opportunities at wide receiver in this game. Helped out on special teams. Quality day for Colsey. 
Tyree had those three for 36, and then the backfield, Estime and Payne each had two catches while Ford had a catch in the ball game. So there's a lot on the shoulders of this wide receiver core. There's a lot to prove, but they've got a pretty good quarterback throwing them, throwing them the football, and that can raise the level of these players as well. Marcus Freeman discussing the play of his wide receivers. Yeah, I've seen it in practice, you know, but to go and do it against an opponent and show them that they can do it in the game when it matters. You do it all the time in practice, but the ability to execute the game is, is so important. But it's a deep room. And for the most part, we know who Jaden Thomas was and, and you know, Tobias had a catch last year, but like, it's still a really inexperienced room. And so this game experience is so valuable because they are talented. And, and now to be able to, to show them all in all, a fantastic day. Hey, we're not going to break any news in this breakdown of the Fighting Irish offense. That was a really, really good day for new offensive coordinator and play caller, Jared Parker. The Irish had 27 first downs in the ball game, 13 rushing, 13 passing, one via penalty. We just went over the rushing numbers. The passing numbers, 253, the total yardage for 444 yards. The average gain per play for Notre Dame, 7.8, compared to just 3.1 for the midshipmen. The Irish did not punt the football in the game. That's a huge positive. Third down conversions, Notre Dame 5 of 7 on fourth down, 1 of 1. Red zone scoring chances, they were 4 of 5. The four scores were all touchdowns. And Spencer Schrader, six for six in his extra point tries, missed field goal, but all in all, a pretty good day all around for Spencer Schrader. More on the special teams here in a couple of moments, but those are some of the numbers. A very successful first day calling plays for Jared Parker. Great job by Sam Hartman at the line of scrimmage, checking into the right play giving his skill position players a chance to make plays, and boy, did he ever. He is so good at trusting his targets. There are so many times there is tight coverage one-on-one. He puts the ball in a really good place and allows his teammate to make a play on the football, and we saw that over and over in this ballgame against the midshipmen. Now, we got Tennessee State this week. Yeah, so... We will start to learn a lot more about this offense in two weeks at North Carolina State. The Wolfpack have picked off Sam Hartman three times in each of their last two meetings with the then Wake Forest quarterback. That'll be on the road, different environment. In two weeks, we'll learn a lot more. And I think this group will have a chance to validate some of the things they did against Navy and probably are going to do against FCS Tennessee State. It is 532. I'm Darren Pritchett, Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio. We will shift to the Fighting Irish defense as our breakdown of the massive Notre Dame win over Navy 42-3 continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are streaming live at WSBTradio.com on our free WSBT Radio app and live on the Twitch app. Ty Lovatai, yelling at Lyman to the left, tight formation, one back behind him, and that's Fofana. 
Fourth and four. Fakes. Rolls out to his left. Being pursued. Throws towards the end zone. Incomplete. Ten-yard line. The ball thrown near the far sideline with a lot of loft on it. A little bit too much for the intended receiver, Amin Hassan. A fourth down stop for the Fighting Irish defense early in the ball game. And from there, the offense took over, went right back down the field. Irish 42, midshipman three. Welcome back to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Beat is brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, for 13 years, Folds of Honor. And Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. By South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing by Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at BeatIndiana.org. And Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you. Barnaby's The Family Inn. All right, 540. At WSBT, I'm Darren Pritchett. We're going through the Irish's 42-3 victory over Navy tonight on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Our opening segment, we locked in on the Fighting Irish offense. Now let's turn our attention to the Notre Dame defense, which was hurt by second half passing by Navy last year in a game that Navy almost came all the way back to win before Notre Dame finally walked away with a victory. Marcus Freeman told us a week ago before the trip over to Dublin that there were some advantages to playing Navy in game number one. I think it's fair to say, nice way to put it, you get it out of the way. Getting out of the way means you take on an offense that you're not going to have to face again. The triple option attack, techniques that you will use, for example, as defensive linemen against the Navy scheme, you will not use against more conventional offenses or spread offenses. So Notre Dame had the advantage of working on their first opponent whenever they would like during the offseason. Chase Ketterer, the new Prairie quarterback, scout team quarterback, did a terrific job of getting this fighting Irish defense ready for the midshipman triple option attack with a little option spread mixed in. We talked a lot about Grant Chestnut last week coming from Kennesaw State to Navy to take over as offensive coordinator. We still saw a lot of good old-fashioned Navy football with the triple option. But in this ball game, after some early success, Notre Dame did a terrific job of shutting down Navy. You look at some of the final numbers from this game. Navy only had 12 first downs in the ball game, 12. And you'll take this, 48 carries 
for 126 yards, 2.6 yards per carry. That is great work against the triple option. And we knew Navy was probably going to have some issues throwing the football, and they got nothing done early in the ball game. The numbers show three of seven for 43. They don't even seem like those players were impactful at all in the football game. So at the end of the day, the Notre Dame defense had to defend 55 midshipman plays. Total offense, 169 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. Notre Dame did not come up with a turnover. And that might be one of the few things I think the coaching staff would have liked to have seen differently. But all in all, the Irish had five tackles for loss and two sacks in the ballgame. How about Josh Burnham, a rising star along the defensive line? He got a sack in the ballgame, as did a guy we expect to have some good numbers this year from the interior of the defensive line, Riley Mills. He had a sack in the ballgame. One of the stories of this game, and something we documented last week, older veteran linebackers for Notre Dame facing something they know a lot about, that triple option. J.D. Bertrand, Maris Leofal, Jack Kaiser. And you look at some of the numbers from this game, Kaiser and Leofal really stood out, chasing after that option pitch to the outside. Kaiser led Notre Dame with eight total tackles. He also led the team with six solos. He also had a quarterback hurry. Maris Leofal seemed like he was everywhere with the hair flowing outside the helmet onto the shoulder pads. He stands out a little more than the average player. So maybe we just noticed him more because of that hair. But he was playing like his hair was on fire. Seven tackles for Leofal, four solo, three assists. He also forced a fumble in the ball game. J.D. Bertrand's numbers don't really stand out. He had three tackles in the ball game. Pro Football Focus showed his tackling percentage was a little low, but you put those three guys together and they had a really good day. And my statements can be validated by the commentary of an old linebacker himself, Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman. This is Marcus on his group of linebackers who had a really good day against the Middies. They all played well, all had winning performances. Um, man, Maris played with a physicality that I have not seen for a while. Now, Maris is a physical linebacker. I mean, he's a really good player, but really good. I went back and watched that film. I mean, Maris was playing so physical um, and um, constantly did it and did it. Like, listen, I played linebacker, and there's certain plays or certain formations you can see and say, okay, we're going head to head, we got to go. And it's not natural to really like enjoy that over and over and over and over and over, but you have to do it. And, and that's what I saw. There were certain formations. Maris knew three backs in the back. Okay, here, just coming to lead on me. It's me versus this dude. In the very first play of the game, if you go back and watch it, Maris, <laughs> the dude got him a little bit, the, the Navy fullback. And they got the same formation four or five times. And Maris, every play went and took him on. And that's, the, that's what you love to see, man, a guy that's willing to sacrifice his body, but also do your job. Like, you can't just be a physical player and not do your job, right? And Maris did them both. And so... Um, he had a forced fumble. You can see, as you go back, I told Coach Gordon this last night, like, 
you can see defensive guys truly being aware of the football, trying to get it up. We had zero turnovers. But that is not because there wasn't awareness and a lack of, of really uh, effort to do it. And so credit to them. Though the turnovers, takeaways will come as long as we are consider, uh, con constantly being uh, aware of where that ball is. It's hard to pick up some things on television just because you can't see everybody on the field before the snap. But it looked like Kaiser might have even played safety a little bit in this game. Maybe I'm totally off, but based on where he was coming from, it looked like he was deeper a couple of times in this ball game. But a job well done by the Irish linebackers. The defensive line needed to be active. Howard Cross had four tackles in the contest. You had Javante Jean-Baptiste from Ohio State, his first game with the Irish, four tackles. He had a very nice tackle for loss in the football game. Nano Safa Mensa had three tackles. We mentioned Burnham's sack, two other tackles to go along with that. Assignment football sometimes, not a lot of fun playing Navy. But this group did a terrific job. Credit to the coaching staff. They used the time so well in the offseason to prepare their team for Navy. And I'm sure it's a big relief to have Navy out of the way. During the middle of the season, Navy pops up. You forget about everything you've learned about playing conventional offenses and lock in on the keys to being successful against the triple option attack. We're done with that. You can put those books back in the closet. And now we get back to more conventional spread offenses for the Fighting Irish, starting with Tennessee State this Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium. We've talked about Leah Fowl quite a bit in this segment, Maris after the game. And we should also say great job by Al Golden. What a job by the defensive coordinator putting these guys in position to have success. Here is Leah Fowl, seven tackle performance, offering some thoughts on the game plan put together by his defensive coordinator, Al Golden. Yeah, all week, um, Coach Golden, um Emphasize, you know, uh, yards after pile, attacking the football, and just um, eyes, alignment, technique. That was, that was what he was harping on all week. Uh, we know that Navy loves to, obviously, a triple option. It's hard to see the ball sometimes, so knowing our keys, reading our keys, and being detailed in that um, helps us to succeed today. All right, that's Maris Leofal coming off a good, good performance against Navy. Two. Force fumbles by the Irish. They couldn't jump on those loose pigskins. Did not have a pick in the game. But we'll see what they can do coming up this Saturday against Tennessee State. And then even a bigger challenge going to North Carolina State in week two, which is game three for the Irish, taking on Brennan Armstrong and North Carolina State in Raleigh. But a good start for the Irish defense. They definitely passed the test of that Navy triple option attack. Just a quick look at special teams, punt return. Chris Tyree only had one punt return. It went for 11 yards. On kickoff returns, Jabron Payne, two attempts for 41 yards. He had a long of 24. The newcomer, Spencer Schrader, hit all six of his extra points. He did miss a field goal from 42. Six of his seven kickoffs in the ball game were touchbacks. Notre Dame 42, Navy 3. Irish off to a 1-0 start. 
And now the home opener against TSU Saturday at 2.30 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hope you'll join Eric Hansen, the publisher of InsideIndieSports.com, Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, and myself. We've got two and a half hours of Notre Dame football talk on Saturday. We may not necessarily focus on Tennessee State like we do other opponents, but we'll have some fun talking Notre Dame football. You can catch our game day sports beat pregame show presented by Bud Light from 11 a.m. until 1.30 on 960 a.m. WSBT at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. After a break, it is our Twitter X question of the day. Results from Friday. Today's question will pass along to you coming up on your home of the 1-0 Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Navy 19-yard line. Hartman turns, gives up the middle, running free, first down, middle of the field, easy touchdown, Notre Dame. Jadarian Price, his first carry as a Notre Dame running back, goes up the middle and into the end zone for 19-yard touchdown. Paul Burmeister here on WSBT Radio, thanks to the Notre Dame Radio Network. Jadarian Price finds the end zone in his first collegiate game. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues here on 960 AM WSBT. Tomorrow's program during the 5 o'clock hour, ABC 57's Allison Hayes will join me to talk about her experience watching the Irish in person and covering Notre Dame's 42-3 win over Navy. And then on Wednesday and Thursday in the 5 o'clock hour, Eric Hansen, the publisher of InsideIndieSports.com, will join me to offer his insight and the latest on this Fighting Irish football program. So I'll have co-hosts each of the next three days here on WSBT Radio. Normally, Blue and Gold's Tyler Horker would join me after a Saturday football game on a Monday, but he's working his way back from Dublin. In fact, he told us on game day sports meet on Saturday, he has a 24-hour layover in Madrid, Spain. So you know what? He should enjoy Madrid while he's there. So we didn't have our Hey Horka live YouTube show today. It's going to be tomorrow night, it looks like. And Tyler did not join me today because I said, go have fun. You're in Madrid. You're young. You don't want to talk to me. Irish won by 39. Now, if they beat Ohio State 56-7, to yeah, I'd be like, Tyler, we probably should talk about that. But... 42-3 over Navy. Ah, forget about it. Enjoy Madrid, Spain. All right, 557 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, on Friday's program, our Twitter X question of the day was. Using our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, which of these four parlays do you believe is the correct play on the Notre Dame-Navy game? Did you all get it right? Well, there was a tie for third place. At 12.8%, 
Navy plus 21 and over 49 total points. That got 12.8%. Both were incorrect. Not a good parlay. That parlay was tied for third place with Notre Dame minus 21 and under 49 total points. And that was the correct parlay, but unfortunately a majority did not pick that. Notre Dame minus 21, under 49 total points, only got 12.8% of the vote, but that was the definitive Gene Rayburn match. Okay, second in the voting with 20.5%, Navy plus 21 and under 49 total points. Half correct, half wrong. And finally, the majority felt like the best parlay of the four was Notre Dame minus 21, but over 49 total points. They got 53.8% of the vote. That did not work out, but for the 12.8% that said Notre Dame minus 21 and under 49 total points in the game, Terrific job. You got it right. And hopefully you put a couple of dollars on that. You'll be very, very happy today if you did. We thank you for voting. We'll try this again on Friday's program. Plus, we'll get some sports wagering insight from our weekly Thursday 605 guest, Tim Murray from VEASAN out in Las Vegas, diehard Notre Dame football fan. I know he was leaning for Notre Dame minus 21 as well, and that worked out very, very nicely. Here is today's question. You can find my Twitter, X question of the day, at 960-SPORTSBEAT. That's 960-SPORTSBEAT. Today's question is this. Who gets the ultimate game ball from Notre Dame's 42-3 victory over the United States Naval Academy on Sunday. Who gets the ultimate game ball? I'm going to give you three choices, and I feel like I don't have to go any further. Choice number one, quarterback Sam Hartman, 19 of 23 for 251, four touchdowns, no picks, was not sacked. Choice number two, offensive coordinator Jared Parker, helping the Irish put up 42 points. What about defensive coordinator Al Golden? Watching his defense give up just three points, 126 rushing yards, and 169 yards of total offense. Who gets the ultimate game ball from the win over Navy? Hartman, Parker, or Golden? You can place your vote right now on my Twitter account, at 960 Sportsbeat. We're going to step aside for a moment. When we come back, some of Marcus Freeman's comments from earlier today, post-Navy, pre-Tennessee State. How would he define this win? How about the depth of this football team that was on display? And how well did Parker and Hartman work together? Plus, we'll tell you about one injury to come out of that ball game. In fact, you might hear it in this sports update, which comes your way next. Budweiser's weekday sports beat at 6.02 on your home of the 1-0 Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 
WSBT South Bend. First and 10, Lofts one inside the 10. The ball caught, touchdown! Jaden Greathouse, the freshman wide receiver from Austin, Texas, on his first touch at Notre Dame, goes for a 35-yard score. Hartman to the shotgun, standing on his own 20. Looking, throwing, into the end zone. Touchdown, Jaden Thomas. Seven yards deep in the end zone on the deep in route. The ball was put right on him. Pair of pass catchers to the left of Hartman looks that way. In trouble, sidesteps the pressure, runs across the 20, fires to the end zone. Touchdown, Jaden Greathouse. Just inside the left pylon on the far side of the field as Sam Hartman rolled to his left. Greathouse has two catches as a Notre Dame wide receiver. He has two touchdown catches. That one from 20 yards out. Blitz coming, Hartman, wide receiver screen to the right, 25-20, running to the 15-10, and into the end zone goes Deion Colsey. Broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage, and then sprinted across the strike from 25 yards out. And Notre Dame now leads Navy 41 to nothing. Just find a way to beat Navy. Just find a way to beat Navy. I think they took care of that early. And often, 42-3, Notre Dame over Navy in Dublin, Ireland. And the Irish start their season 1-0. Home opener Saturday at 2.30 against Tennessee State. Our pregame coverage on WSBT Radio begins at 9 a.m. InsideIndieSports.com publisher Eric Hansen, Notre Dame football beat reporter Blue and Gold Illustrated, Tyler Hork and I will have Game Day Sports Beat presented by Bud Light live from Notre Dame Stadium, 11 a.m. until 1.30 on Saturday. Kickoff at 2.30 after the game. Jim Arizari, Reggie Brooks with the official Notre Dame football postgame show only on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett back with you. This is the 6 o'clock hour. Hope you had a terrific weekend. I know you enjoyed the football game as the Irish rolled to victory by 39. So how do you define a victory like this? Oftentimes, when you have a position like me in the media, you'll get social media thoughts and questions. And one thing that came up a couple of times over the weekend, well, Notre Dame won, but it was just Navy. It's always tough to define because Is there any doubt whatsoever, year in and year out, Notre Dame has more talent than Navy? No, it's not close. It is not close. The triple option offense gives them a chance to compete. You know, they've not had a great quarterback since Reynolds. It's been a couple of years now that offense has been not as explosive. The guys that Navy had this year were not spectacular, solid, but nothing that's going to really scare you I think throughout a football game so without that great quarterback they're going to have a very difficult time and you look at last year Navy's run defense was one of the best in the country and Notre Dame didn't have a quarterback to make them pay they did this year and boy did they ever make them pay so let's say this does Notre Dame have so much more talent than Navy absolutely 
But let's look at it this way. We saw what happened last year if coaches and players are not executing at a high level. Navy almost pulled off an unbelievable comeback and stunned the Irish. They held Notre Dame to 12 yards of total offense in the second half, which still blows your mind. But this is a situation where Notre Dame played a complete game. They dominated early. They forced Navy to really have to think about changing who they are, even though they didn't. When they got down by three, four scores, their triple option attack was not going to help them win the game. Last year, they threw their way back into the ball game. They just really didn't even try to do that in this particular ball game. Remember on Wednesday when I was joined by Eric Hansen to co-host the 5 o'clock hour, I brought up this premise. If Notre Dame has the potential to be a really, really good team, they should blow out Navy. I don't care triple option. You don't face it the rest of the year, blah, 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 blah. It comes down to this. You have the better players. You need to execute. You need to dominate, and that's exactly what Notre Dame did in this game. Now, does that guarantee Notre Dame's going to be great because they blew out Navy? Well, I hope so, but no, it does not guarantee it. But there are enough signs in the ballgame to tell you that this football team has a pretty good ceiling to reach to. They've got that elite quarterback. The defensive line is holding up so far. A test coming up in two weeks against NC State. A couple more weeks away, the ultimate test against Ohio State. But at least on this day, solid execution, crisp play by everybody, and they got the job done easily, winning by 39. So, yeah, it was just Navy, but if they struggle in this game, then we'd have something to worry about. You wanted to see domination, and that's exactly what you got in this ballgame. The defense did a great job after those first few plays. Al Golden's plan, outstanding. They even saw a formation they had never seen from Navy. So what happens? You go to the sideline, you get out the dry race board, and you figure out how you're going to defend it. And the Irish did. Great job by Golden and the defensive coaching staff and the players adjusting on the fly to something new. That is a really good sign and a sign of a football team that's got a lot of grisly old veterans on that side of the football. So that's me defining this win. Here's Marcus Freeman, the head coach of the Fighting Irish, how he looks at this victory. Yeah, I, I talked to the staff about this um, last night, and we all have to be saying the same thing, right, is that we don't need some type of false narrative, some type of – don't overlook any opponent. Like I don't, we don't need that. Like, like let's talk about what really matters, and that's winning the day, right? And that that's that's going to take care of Saturday, if we win this Monday, right? And and that's what we all have to be saying in our meeting rooms because I've said this to you guys before. Their voices are so much stronger than mine because they're with them so much longer, and so our coaches have to be saying the same thing in that position. Guys, don't worry about Saturday. Don't worry about exactly. Hey, can we go two and zero? Can this make us, you know, start just catapulting the season? Like, why did we have success on Saturday? What do we have to do to have success today, and 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 really focus on that? And so, that's going to be the motivation to me. Is like, can we have a great Monday? Can we learn? 
Right? We said we win and we learn. So we won the game. What can we learn in this hour or two meetings that we're going to have? As we look back at the last game, right? And, and I feel like I'm having a team meeting right now, right? <laughs> like, like, we're going to look this first hour, we're going to look at the last game. Your job is to learn. You, you, we have to learn. It's a challenge. You have to learn from last game. Good, bad, doesn't matter. Learn from it. Now as we get ready for our opponent the second hour, right, study the heck out of it. Let's learn a game plan. What is our thoughts, okay? And then we got to go out there and have a great 45-hour hour walkthrough or jog through. Um, and, and that's got to be our focus. Like, let's, we, if we, it's us versus Tennessee State today. That's our mindset. They're, they, gotta, they, they have meetings and practice today, and we have meetings and practice today. Who's going to have the better meetings and practice? And, and if we can keep motivating them to just win these moments, Saturday will take care of itself. Remember last week there was that comment from Marcus Freeman in regard to, I'm not talking about winning a national championship with this team. He's talking about the next moment ahead of each player and each coach on this football team. And once again, you see that message coming across. He's not going to listen to, oh, they're going to overlook Tennessee State or there's going to be jet lag involved. And he's not wanting any built-in excuses for this football team. It is on to the next task. Win that task, which will help you take care of everything else that's coming up on Saturday and throughout the season. It's definitely a well-thought-out plan by Marcus. You can tell he is highly organized. It's, he seems like a coach that is trying to think of everything and be prepared for anything, and he has a message that he wants to pound into the brains of his football team. And you can see it coming now. Every week, it's going to be about that next task. And the next task is practice tomorrow as they turn their attention to their next opponent. Whether it's Tennessee State or Ohio State, you have to go about it the same way. I'll tell you what. One thing that came out of the Navy game that was so impressive was the depth on display all over this football team. Marcus Freeman told us during fall camp, he, I think, tested his coaching staff to make sure the number twos and the number threes were prepared to play. So many of the number twos on the depth chart had seen little or no playing time. So they really had to be coached up. Coaches in the past at Notre Dame have focused on the ones, and then when the ones walk out the door, all of a sudden, uh-oh, the twos aren't ready. Not the case with Marcus Freeman. That challenge of the coaching staff paid off because – it was a game in which we saw different parts of this football team show that they have really good players beyond the starter. The defensive line did a fantastic job in this ball game. We've talked about the veteran linebackers. You had a lot of people in the secondary getting action in this ball game. In fact, you look at the snap totals, the cornerbacks in this game, Morrison had 30 snaps. Hart, 29, Mickey, 27, Gray, 21, Lewis, 20. And how about at safety? Brown with 37, Henderson, 28, Watts, 27, Harper, 12, and Carter, 7. There were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 
defensive lineman who played at least 14 snaps in this ball game. You know about the running backs and the receivers. They get the football in their hand, and when they make a play, you know it. Sometimes all these changes on defense go unnoticed just because there's so much emphasis on the offense, and not every time does the announcer say who makes the tackle or who assisted on the tackle or who's on the field. That's a tough assignment. But look at all the different defensive linemen, corners, and safety that played in this ballgame. Exactly what Marcus Freeman was looking for from his coaching staff. Uh, I think there wasn't a, a drop-off. And, and, and that's what you want to make sure you're able to do is that you can roll guys in there, keep them fresh, um, and, and there's not a drop-off. And that's, that's to me, a, really a – a compliment to our coaches and the depth they've been able to create. Um, you know, I think about our D line and, and the amount of people that played and what they did. Now, I'm sure some, I don't know if you guys know, Gabe Rubio will be out for a couple of weeks. Um, he, it, just a knee injury, so he's got to, you know, get a couple of things fixed in his knee, but he'll be out for a couple of weeks. That was really the only injury we had from the game. Um, but with that, it, that's just going to give somebody else a, another opportunity to step up, you know, and, um, I th again, I go back to training camp where we mandated, hey, we have to get some of the twos and threes, guys that we're counting on, reps against ones so that we know they're able to do their job versus the best. Not twos versus twos or threes versus threes. I want to see guys going against our best so we know before we get into Dublin, Ireland, what they can do. And we even got to see Steve Angeli throw the football he completed that pass into the flat to Rico Flores Jr. his first and only catch so far of his freshman campaign and Jelly had a big smile on his face looking at the sideline after those handoffs last year he finally got to throw the pigskin in a game depth on display in the matchup against Navy and it will be on display again this week against Tennessee State now, coming into this ballgame, we had a lot of questions about the offense. Jared Parker, his first real chance to call plays at the collegiate level. He had a big plus on his side, a veteran quarterback in Sam Hartman running his offense, 110 passing touchdowns at Wake Forest, picked up four in his first game at Notre Dame. You got two of the best tackles in the country. So as an offensive play caller, that's got to feel pretty good. A difference-making quarterback, two tackles you can rely on, and a stable full of great running backs and wide receivers. And at the end of the day, it was a great day for Jared Parker. 191 rushing yards, 253 passing yards, 42 points for the Fighting Irish. Marcus Freeman today discussed working together. Marcus Freeman, or I'm sorry, Jared Parker and Sam Hartman. I think I'm just, as I said, the overall operation from Coach Parker to the signalers, to Sam, getting in the right protections, getting to the right checks, executing, that's the whole operation. And it was really good. I mean, there wasn't, he was usually the first first game, first time officer coordinator, first time quarterback. Like, there's some operations in, in week zero that you'll see, there's some things happening. We didn't have to, we didn't have to call time off for I think we got one in the second and second half, maybe. But, I mean, that's the little things that you really worry about this first game is that how many operational mistakes are we going to have from the communication to the, to the actual problem doing? And it was really good that we didn't have them. 
Let me correct myself. Obviously, that was from Saturday. You can tell by the sound difference in some of these sound bites we have here, but that was after the game in Dublin. Coach Freeman talking about the Parker-Hartman combination, and it worked very well in game number one. Finally, I want to play this sound bite because this is important. If you're listening to this show, you're probably a pretty strong Fighting Irish football fan. This particular week is going to be a little different for the Fighting Irish coming back from Dublin adjusting to the time once again. And Marcus Freeman laid it all out for us earlier today on what to expect from his football team this week. Yeah, so made the decision. We could have uh, put in a waiver to use yesterday as a practice day, but we decided not to, and, and we wanted to give them the day off. Um, a lot of those guys did not sleep after the game. So I think we got back to our hotel a little bit after 12.30. And I think the first bus took off at 5.30 in the morning or 5.15. The second bus was at 5.30 and the last bus was at 6. And so um, they didn't <laughs> – they probably had thought they were going to be able to sleep on the plane. But, you know, the sleep on a, a plane is not an easy thing to do. So we decided to give them yesterday off, encourage them not just to sleep all day because we want to try to get their cycles back to where it needs to be and, and – Try to stay up, try to go on a walk um, and do some different things when you got back. And so I know a lot of them got good sleep last night, but even me and, and our coaching staff, like you don't feel 100% probably until you get two nights. The same thing is, is when we went there, when you're changing time zones, like it's going to take two nights to really get adjusted. So um, we have to be smart on what we're going to do today. We're not going to do a whole bunch. We're going to meet. We're going to watch the game. We're going to put it to rest, and then we're going to start moving forward to Tennessee State and go out and have more of a – a jog through instead of um, a practice on a Monday. And and as I looked at Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I've, you know, the work is the work, the scout works the work, but where I could tweak it in terms of um, maybe an individual period, taking off, taking off a couple minutes of practice to really ultimately everything we do is to make sure Saturday they, they're ready to peak and perform at 3.30. So um, that's kind of the, just the small changes we've made since they've come. Well, I can add a little something, a little different than what the football team is experiencing. But early on in my days of calling Notre Dame hockey games, this is probably 12, 13, 14 years ago. But when we were in the CCHA, Alaska Fairbanks was in our conference. And every other year we had to make that trip to Fairbanks. And it's just one of those trips that exhausts you. You get out there, it's not bad. I felt like, and I'm not a player, just a broadcaster, but it wasn't bad being out there. But on the way back, it always took two, three days to get back going into your normal routine and how you felt. I didn't play the game. I was just kind of a traveler broadcasting the game. But it even affected me for a couple of days. Your sleep pattern is off. I wish I recall was it. Six hours different, seven hours different. I just remember doing a Notre Dame football pregame show from the hotel in Fairbanks early in the morning for a 2.30 kickoff back in South Bend. And in January one year, it was minus 56 degrees. Not the wind chill. It was the actual temperature. It was absolutely bizarre. But, yeah, it, it did take all of us a couple of days to get back into feeling normal, I guess, is the best way to put it. Now, they were going from east to west. I'm talking about west to east, which is supposedly easier or actually a little more difficult. But it's going to take them a couple of days. But 
that's part of the scheduling of Tennessee State because remember in 2012, the team was lethargic, jet lag, coming back, taking on Purdue at Notre Dame Stadium, and Everett Golson was put on the bench for the two-minute drill, ran by Tommy Reese, got into field goal range, game-winning field goal was kicked, and Notre Dame escaped with a three-point victory. And, boy, it's a good thing they won that game because that would have wrecked their run to the BCS title game later on that year. So hopefully the guys can get used to being back in South Bend very, very quick. But, again, you're not playing Ohio State this week. You've got Tennessee State, and that is a big help. We've got to take a timeout. Budweiser's weekday sports beat at 634 Sports Radio 960 WSBT. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett, 641 at WSBT on this Monday evening. Today's My Five, the five Notre Dame players that earned a game ball from the 42-3 victory over the United States Naval Academy in Dublin on Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Let's start at running back with Audric Estime. I know he fumbled the football, and Marcus Freeman said today he sat on the sideline because of the standard, the high standard for that running back room, not putting the football on the ground. But still, Estime leading that running back room, 16 carries, 95 yards, had the game's first touchdown. He averaged 5.9 yards per carry, as expected, a part of the passing attack. Two catches for 26 yards for Audric Estime. Four! Number four, let's give this guy some credit. It might be strange to have a game ball given to a player who only had eight snaps in the ball game. But in eight snaps, Jaden Greathouse was targeted three times. He caught all three passes for 68 yards, and Mr. Greathouse found pay dirt twice. I say enough about Sam Hartman. Starts out seven out of nine, back to the air on first and 10. Lofts one inside the 10. The ball caught. Touchdown! Jaden Greathouse. The freshman wide receiver from Austin, Texas, on his first touch at Notre Dame, goes for a 35-yard score. Great house and Flores do not look like freshmen out there on the football field. Very, very exciting. Great start for the Texas kid. Great house, three catches, 68 yards, and also two touchdowns. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. Another game ball goes to the Notre Dame linebackers who had a fantastic day. From his left to right, hands off, fly sweep, wide receiver around the right side and struck as he got to the 43-yard line, two yards short of the first down. Brandon Chapman, wide receiver, came in motion. They handed it to him on a jet sweep around the right side. And outside linebacker Jack Kaiser was there again. Well, Kaiser would lead the Fighting Irish with eight tackles in the contest. Six solos. Maris Leofow. He had a fantastic day for Al Golden's defense. Leofow seemed to be everywhere. He had seven 
tackles in the ball game and also a forced fumble. And then J.D. Bertrand, he also contributed three solo tackles in the ball game. So the linebacking core, they have been there. They have done that. An experienced bunch facing this triple option attack, and they spearheaded Al Golden's plan. That was, I guess, 24 karat gold by Al Golden, his defensive plan, something like that. Kaiser, Leofal, Bertrand, job well done against the midshipman. Number two. The second game ball goes to defensive coordinator Al Golden. His defensive game plan held the midshipman to just three points. 48 rushes for 126 yards. One of the most prolific rushing attacks year in and year out was held to 2.6 yards per carry. The passing attack was not going to get it done for Navy. They ended up with 43 yards, and Navy only had 12 first downs in the ballgame. In itself, that is a highly impressive number. Dabo Fofana, 130 rushing yards last year against the Fighting Irish. Not this year. He was held to 32 yards by Al Golden's defense. Number one. Well, no surprise here. There's no mystery. Quarterback Sam Hartman gets the number one game ball from that win over Navy. Hartman, in his debut with the Fighting Irish, looked like a grizzly old veteran at quarterback with the beard and with his play. Hartman, 19 of 23, 251 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and he was not sacked in the contest. He delivered just what you would expect in his first game wearing that Fighting Irish helmet. So Hartman off to a fast start. He's got Tennessee State this week and then on the road against North Carolina State. Can't wait to see what that offense can do against Dave Doran's Wolfpack in a couple of weeks down in Raleigh. So the five Notre Dame players that earned my game balls from the 42-3 win over Navy. Number five, Audric Estime. Number four, Jaden Greathouse. Number three, the linebackers, Jack Kaiser, Maris Leofow, J.D. Bertrand. Number two, defensive coordinator, Al Golden. And number one, the quarterback, Sam Hartman and his four touchdown strikes. That is today's My Five. We'll take a timeout. And we've got to talk about going four for four in our Notre Dame game picks on Friday. And we enter this week having won 14 consecutive bets. Can we make it 18 in a row tonight? We've got four picks ready to go. Stand by for some sports wagering conversation next. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Money, money, money. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. 
6.52 at WSBT. It's time for our sports wagering segment, a 4-0 Friday. Let's recap what happened on the program. I took Notre Dame minus 21 against Navy at a buck 10. You bet 10 to win 19.09. And the Irish did not disappoint, winning by 39, 42-3. I took Notre Dame Navy under 49 and a half total points at minus 108. You put down 10 bucks to win 1925. 45 points scored of the game. Under was successful. Suggestion number three from DraftKings Sportsbook. Wide receiver Jaden Thomas, an anytime touchdown at plus 100. You bet 10 to double your money and win 20. Had a touchdown catch in the ball game. There's three for three. And finally, I went with Irish quarterback Sam Hartman on DraftKings Sportsbook. Over 237 and a half passing yards at minus 110. Wager 10 to win 18.69. And on that last drive before being pulled, got over that mark, ended up with 251. So 4-0, the record on Friday. We end last week with 14 consecutive wins and finish the week 16 and two, yowzers. We're definitely going to Sizzler with the money we made. Now to Major League Baseball and the four suggestions for tonight. We start with the Cubs taking on the Brewers at Wrigley Field. Brewers lead the Cubs by four games in the NL Central. Brewers won eight in a row. I'm going Cubs on the money line at minus 130, tying over Miley. I've got the Buccos, the Pirates on the money line at the Royals at minus 115. Reds Giants under eight and a half total runs at minus 115. And the Padres on the run line, minus one and a half runs at St. Louis at minus 115. Budweiser's weekday sports beat has been brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, for 13 years, Folds of Honor, and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the family in. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Bethel University's adult and graduate studies. Visit betheluniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. South Bend Orthopedics. Trusted in the community for 75 years. And Midland Engineering Company beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. Thanks for joining me. We'll try it again tomorrow. ABC 57's Allison Hayes will join me in the 5 o'clock hour here on WSBT South Bend. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 